Welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Christopher Turner. I am your host. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever this reaches you. I hope it reaches you well. And welcome back to uh, the corona world as it's known now, I guess, right? (laughs) Coronavirus craziness, just getting uh, ramping up more and more every day. Um, It seems like uh, what since the last episode we've had, we've had a, some more announcements, some national announcements. Kind of, uh, I think the new suggestion is to not have more than ten people gathered in one place and to keep your distance from people as well. So um, we're definitely deep in it right now. Uh, but some kind of encouraging news coming out of China. It sounds like um, the rates of infection there are decreasing, and the uh, and so they're kind of coming out of it. It seems like, and, and since China was the first. Uh, kind of the place that all of this started uh, that gives us hope that even though we're still in the middle of it in the midst of it uh, this coronavirus thing should be uh, ebbing out at least hopefully so but I think um, if it you know regardless there's been some very interesting this has been a very really interesting time uh, these last two two weeks three weeks or so because I don't know about you, like like we talked about last episode. It's a, I've never experienced something like this, where you have kind of instructions coming down from a national level that that people need to abide by, and that's it. Kind of brings up the question of freedom, and and uh, it makes you think about how free you really are, right? Now I know we haven't gotten to any extreme levels or institute martial law or something like that, but it does make you wonder or think about those things and the possibilities of them. I guess that's what we should probably focus on for today, right? Um, I know we've talked about liberty and freedom before, but I want to talk about it in this new context. So, uh, surrounding this new this new event that we've we've experienced. We're all sitting at our homes right now, right? Where <laughs> most of us are. Uh, What are they calling it? Social distancing? I'm about done with that word. I'm I'm tired of hearing social distancing. Um, (laughs) I want to know who came up with that. Some some think tank probably spent two hours, 15 hours, whatever, trying to come up with social distancing as a term to use. Anyway, um, it's a weird thing, man. You go out in the world, you know, you go, I was at the gas station the other night and it's like you stand in a line to pay for something and people do. They like stand at a further distance from you. It's weird. And then I also, I've also noticed that there's this, the crazies are coming out. <laughs> for lack of a better way of describing it. I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, but in that same line at the gas station the other night, there was this old lady, crazy old lady, uh, that... I mean, I kind of felt bad for her because you could tell that she was just worried. She was scared and she just wanted to kind of talk, you know, to vent a little bit about what's going on. And maybe she didn't have anybody to do that with. But she started to do that with like teenagers in the line at the at the you know gas station. Uh, and every person she walked up to, she was saying, you know, talking about the coronavirus, coronavirus. And it's like, OK, well, I mean, yes, there is. This is kind of crazy, you know, but also, um it's not the only thing going on in the world. And also like, let's not talk about it every second of every day, <laughs> you know, um, this does bring up, you know, also it talks, we, we talked a little bit about fear in last episode. Uh, I think one of the things to watch right now is your response to these things, how you're, how you're responding. I went to the, uh, the, the supermarket finally, um, almost as a protest. I was trying to avoid going right away. You know what I mean? And, 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 and participating in the, Sorry about that. I accidentally pressed my keyboard and it stopped. I promise you that wasn't an edit. Um, so I ended up, I'll just continue on. So I ended up going uh, 
and um, shopping. And again, I tried to avoid going before I actually needed to. You know what I mean? And I went in there, and it wasn't as bad as some of the pictures I've seen. But the shelves—it was a—it's an eerie sight, isn't it? When you're walking through the the uh, the supermarket, and there's just like empty shelves everywhere. It's a very weird thing. It does remind you of like The Walking Dead or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, that thought definitely crossed my mind as I was standing on that. I remember standing uh, to check out, and I was looking at the grocery bags for some reason. You know, the, the Kroger grocery bags that were all at the end of the checkout lane. And for some reason, like this moment hit me where I was imagining like all of this being not, you know what I mean? Kind of like being in a, the walking dead scenario or something where society had fallen apart and King supers was no longer a thing. You know what I mean? It's just the weird that the, the thoughts that are crossing your mind right now are very weird. It's this, it's this un- instability that was brought about by the, by the coronavirus. But I walked through the supermarket uh, and I did notice, you know, like I've, I, I took note of how I was feeling, uh, and kind of the compulsions that I was feeling as I was walking through, because, you know, one of the things I wanted to get was some rice. I think rice is smart to have around, non-perishable food, right? It is smart to have around. And I went down just to see if there was any rice left in the rice aisle, and there was, but there was three bags of it. Or no, there was like four bags of it, and it was little two-pound bags, you know what I mean? And so my initial reaction there was to, like, buy every bag, you know what I mean? That's what that's the compulsion that I felt inside, was like, buy all the bags, they're almost gone, kind of a thing, you know what I mean? Um, but I have to, had to actively stop myself and be like, no, 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 no. What do you need? You know what I mean? What do you actually need, man? Do you need six pounds of rice? <laughs> or not six pounds. I think that's what I actually bought was about six pounds of rice, um, which for me was probably overkill. Uh, but it is enough for me to survive a couple weeks on, you know, and that's 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 kind of why I bought it now because I don't know if there's going to be food there because everybody panicked and bought all of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of like I was listening to Bill Burr too and he, he said something similar. He's like, I didn't want to panic but I went out there afterwards and I like, kind of wish I did then and it's kind of how I felt too. It's like, well, shit, now there is absolutely nothing because everybody did panic. So um, anyways, uh, I did kind of fight the temptation and the urge to buy everything I saw and just bought what I needed. There was a couple times I put things back. You know what I mean? I'd pulled off the shelves and I put it back. You know, I ended up buying maybe some milk. I, I, I am lactose intolerant. That was the one thing that kind of pissed me off is everybody had bought up all the lactose intolerant milk except for the quarts. So I had to buy a couple quarts of milk. But whatever, at least I got some, right? <laughs> um, uh, and of course, again, like these are all comfort things, you know, like lactose intolerant milk. Haha. <laughs> yeah, like that's going to be a thing. You, you beggars don't get to be choosers. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, sorry. Every time I'm in this in this podcast, my phone decides to go off. It doesn't go off. Like before this, like I was working on my computer for like three hours, didn't go off once. <laughs> it goes off as soon as I turn the podcast on. Anyway, um, so yeah, you know, I there's something about fighting those urges, fighting the panic, and not not joining in on it because, um, that is what makes us different. We talked about this last time too. You know, we are in some ways what makes us different from animals is our ability to watch our fear and to react to it in a different way than than the fear would have you do, right? Than to just run or to just to just fight during this fight or flight response. You know, you can you can choose a different path. You can choose some kind of intermediary path. And I think that's the point. Not only in this time frame, not only when shit's going down, going bad, but all the time. Like in life period, even when things are going good. You should still have that, you know, even when the fear sense isn't that isn't as strong as it is right now, you should still have an ability to to watch it or to at least know it's there and to 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 kind of 
control your reactions, your emotional reactions to things and, and, and use that logic center and stuff to kind of temper those things, to find the balance, right? <clears throat> but what I initially started talking about, you know, was freedom. And it's eerie, you know, when you, when you look at the pictures of China or of some of the other countries in Italy and stuff like that. And these people are just all streets empty, like absolutely empty and people in their houses. And I understand why, you know, I mean, I'm not arguing that this is a, the, that that was the right precaution to take. Obviously, yes, we needed to try to keep people away from each other. More so what scares me is how readily people listen. And don't, I guess, because a lot of people didn't. But what's scaring me is how easily, easily, easily you can do that to people. You can have them just go like hunker into a house and hide. You know, like it's not that hard to get people to do that. I guess. And that's something that's scaring me a little bit. Because what happens if you do have somebody that gets into power that has the wrong intentions? And I'm not saying anybody that's in power right now is that way. I think everybody has been responding fantastically to this. In general. <laughs> Save the media. <laughs> um, but what if you get somebody like a Hitler or a Mussolini or somebody like that in power? We're too fearful modern day. We're scared shitless of everything. And when you're that afraid of everything or the world itself, it means you're you're kind of you're 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 ripe for the picking. You can be controlled so easily that way. And one thing I fear is that this coronavirus isn't necessarily going to be the downfall of the western world, but what may be is the fear that is prevalent within it that this sparked because I think the wrong or the bad actor might notice this and say oh shit I can control these people pretty easily if I want to all it takes is a couple lies not only lies but you take the coronavirus and place you know replace the coronavirus with a person or a country you know inspire that fear of, of the, the fear that you feel for the coronavirus and inspire that in, in, towards a person or a country and you've got the makings of, you know, a controlled population. You know, everybody after, after the 2016 election, one of the books that flew off the shelves right after then was the book 1983, George Orwell's 1983. I've never read it all the way through. I've seen the movie. I know the concept, right? But I think there's something funny that, like, people, people, I, I feel like people know that this is happening. People see, you hear about in, in, in the news all the time, we talk about data collection and privacy, your ability to kind of control the data you generate and decide whether somebody can profit off it or not. That is like as uniquely you as your skin is, as your as your eyes are, you know what I mean? Like your the data you you produce is valuable. It's arguably the most valuable thing period in the modern world. That's been stolen from you and me and everyone else. 
by organizations and corporations that seized the moment when there wasn't enough regulation to stop it from happening. So now we're in a world where not only, and, and the danger of that is not that you're not making money off of your data. The danger is, is in that is that companies and corporations that have backwards incentives, one, they have incentives to make money, not to protect your data or to protect your information or to maybe make sure that, you know, whatever companies they're selling it to aren't going to use it in a negative way. Um, instead, what's happening is, is that data is being used to co- collect and or to, to essentially create digital versions of you that they that 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 can then serve as templates for advertising and marketing but it's not only useful in advertising and marketing it's useful in just knowing who you are what your tendencies are what you like what you don't like what things make you uncomfortable what makes you comfortable what you like to listen to all that kind of stuff i mean everything about you is wrapped up in the data that you create um, while you're online your online presence and what scares me in that too is like if 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 people have that if that's out in the world yes it's being leveraged for mon- like for monetary value right now we're using it as an economic tool right now but what if it starts becoming a political tool what if that data if somebody realizes how da- how 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 valuable that data is and what if that data starts to get used against you illegally politically it already has for political figures. You see political figures being taken down by the data that's been generated from them previously, you know, 10 years prior or whatever. It comes back to bite them in the ass, right? What if that starts happening to the average person? The reason I'm bringing this up, I know this, I know this sounds a little crazy, but it's because I see the panic and the fear in people and how readily they just run off the cliff when they're afraid. And if the wrong person sees that, like how ripe for the picking we are in that, the wrong person with the right opportunity could really wreak havoc in this world, in today's world, especially right now. Because we've set it up perfect. Not only can you control and scare the shadow people, but you know exactly how to scare each individual person because you have the data on them to know how to. <laughs> you know how to put them under your finger and twist. You know what I mean? Like you can you can get them to do things. You can blackmail them. You can manipulate them. You know, if you ever want to know about how how a, a corrupt government operates, that's essentially how it does. Read about Soviet Russia during the 1940s and 50s when they were uh, hunting down and killing all of the political dissidents. That can happen. You know what I mean? And what I worry is that the coronavirus, this coronavirus isn't the thing that's going to be our undoing. It's the fact that it's demonstrating just how controllable we are, how comfortable or that we have, we are the fattened goose. And it's very obvious right now. You know what I mean? We're that goose that has been force-fed its entire life and not allowed to move. And it's like the cages are being open or something now. And yeah, you can move, but <laughs> you have the ability, the opportunity to, but you can't because you're too fat. I don't mean literally, you know what I mean? You're too fattened up. Your, your muscles aren't developed. You have, your muscles have atrophied. Your ability to do those things have atrophied. And so now all you can do is consume, 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 consume. And it's almost like the coronavirus is testing that. How deep does that consumption run? And it's pretty obvious when you look at what people bought. Obviously, it runs as deep as their, as deep as their being is. Because when their being is threatened, they buy toilet paper. They buy comfort items. So how do you control them? 
You hold back the comfort and only give it when you want them to do something. That's all you do. Imagine a scenario where toilet paper was controlled. Where the supply chains were completely fine, but instead the wrong actor decided that they wanted to control that toilet paper, the flow of toilet paper, because they wanted to control you. It's not just toilet paper. The scary thing is, is that could happen with food, too, or water. When you have people that are that folk, that have, have have confused survival with comfort, you know they have. It's almost like you don't, they have no idea. We have no idea how deep the cavern is. You know how deep that hole is. Like we can, you know. I think one of the important things right now, uh, while the while you're taking this time off, if you are, uh, maybe is to try to figure out how to make yourself a little more uncomfortable and to be comfortable with it. Like, um, one thing that I was thinking about is how about trying and pretending like the food ran out? How about you try to do that for a second? Pretend for a second that the grocery store is done. Gone. Doesn't exist anymore. Everybody's bought everything out and the supply chains are broken. You gotta subsist subsist off of what you have in your pantry right now. What do you do? That's the questions we need to be focusing on. And actually, maybe actively practicing. You know? It's a safe time to do this right now because the grocery stores are probably not going to run out of food. You know what I mean? So you could test this if you wanted to. You could test this. You could test yourself, see how much you're going to panic in that kind of a situation. You could test yourself and see just how, how much you could do, how little food you could do without. You know, have you ever tried to fast for a 24-hour period? I've never done it. It's hard. <laughs> I've done it for about 18 hours. 19 hours. But I've never gone all the way for a full day. Have you ever done that? Maybe try that. And try to fast for a full day. Watch how it literally affects you physically and mentally. You don't realize how much food affects your mood until you don't have it. And then once you go without food for a little while, you start to feel the animal instinct inside the animal inside of you start to come out. All this logic-based nonsense goes away and and your your animal-based subroutines that have been there for millennia start to take over and say, "Hey, food first, food, food, food." And so you turn into this animal thing, this this angry kind of kind of drooling thing that is it has a one-track mind, right? inability to escape what it needs you can turn into that thing too and maybe it's a good time to test test yourself maybe just a little dip your toe in that water and see what your version of that animal is if you've never felt it before (laughs) because if you've never felt that animal inside of you and it just all of a sudden pops out you won't be able to control it you're going to do something really stupid (laughs) like really stupid which is partially what scares me as well, is we have too many people that have never experienced that animal inside of themselves. They've been comfort, they've been coddled their whole life, they've been cut in, they've been held in this comfortable place where they'd never have to use those things. That 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 that, that base subroutine never has to has to take over. So people don't even understand that they have that side of themselves. They have this animal side of themselves. This vicious thing 
that doesn't give a shit about you or anything else. It gives it gives a shit about surviving. It might be a good time to get acclimated with that thing. Because if, if things really did get bad, like as bad as we've imagined in these last couple of weeks, uh, you're going to want to know what that thing looks like and how it acts. Because you're going to have to control it to survive. So remember I talked to you about Into the Wild? That movie uh, a couple episodes back? And how he died? He died of starvation, essentially, but he died by poisoning himself because he was starving. And he panicked. And that animal instinct took over him. And he, you don't think right. You don't think straight. You literally, your perception shifts. The, the further you go without food, the longer you go without food, the weaker you become, which makes it harder to catch something. And also, the more your perception becomes less reliable. You become illogical. You just need food, sustenance, eat. Pain is what starts to take over, and so you need to get the pain to end. And what happened in Into the Wild is he ate something without taking the proper time to check to see if it was something that was going to kill him first because he was in that animal state. The animal doesn't think. It reacts. And so he did. He ate it, and he killed himself because of it. Now take that same scenario, put it into a modern context, into an an area where there's millions of people. Have that all happen at the same time. Start to see what I'm talking about here? (laughs) It's a little scary, right? I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's what we need to think about, though. You as an animal, in the context of everybody else as an animal as well. How do you react? How do you survive in that scenario? Well, I think the way you survive in that scenario is being more acclimated or uh, being familiar with that animal side of yourself. You know what I mean? If you're familiar with that, some people call it the shadow. I think Jung and, and, and Jordan Peterson talk about this as in terms of the shadow. Essentially, it's your dark side. It's the side of you that you don't want to admit exists. But you are not only this... Uh, your shadow side is everything your ego tells you you aren't. So if your ego tells you you're a nice person that would never hurt anybody, that uh, even in the worst kind of scenario would probably choose altruism over over themselves, you know what I mean? Um, that's your ego talking because that's not true. <laughs> it's actually quite easy to get people to act opposite that be quite easy to make you act in a maniacal way all you have to do is take away one of the things we've been talking about take away a little bit of your comfort take away a little bit some of your food maybe take away some of your security and you will start acting like an animal You can see how much we've lost. Our, 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 we've lost. We're not in touch with this side of ourselves anymore. Because what's one of the most popular movements going through, going, going on right now? I don't mean to attack anybody. If you are, what's, what's the most, the biggest thing you see pop, blowing up everywhere? We just had the incredible Whopper six months ago, right? Vegetarianism, veganism, these lifestyle choices. You get to choose what type of food you want to eat. You know how stupid that is in the context of survival? 
you know how ridiculous the idea of being able to choose whether you whether you eat a certain type of food or not it's it's almost comical how stupid it is because if any of these scenarios that I've just gone over actually happened you would be ripping something apart with your bare fucking hands to eat it an animal, a dog, it didn't matter what the fuck it is if you were that hungry you would do it because you're an animal too you've just tricked yourself into thinking you aren't you're some nice thing that can play patty cake can eat fucking greens all day and still, you know, make the world a nice place that's not how it works the world is a mean place (laughs) death is inherent within the world you can't stop that the fact that you think you can is so audacious, it's, it's almost insulting to the existence of humanity, period. It's insulting to, like, the people that survived coming up till now. The billions upon billions of human beings that had to hunt and kill and, to, and survive just so you could walk around and say, I'm eating greens. Fucking virtue signal every time you do it. I don't mean to attack. (laughs) I tend to do that, I guess. It sounds like I tend to get on these little rants where I'll attack a certain group of people, and I don't mean to. But it's because I think that perspective is ridiculous. I think right now it's a good time to point out how ridiculous some of these perspectives are. If you're running around thinking you're a vegan or a vegetarian, right now you are. As long as things keep going well, you are. one wrong thing happens if one domino falls in the wrong direction and knocks the rest over no more tofu for you it's back to killing things and eating them sure <laughs> let's, all right, let's back up let me be a little bit less serious sure you know ideally moving forward you know, let's say the coronavirus, you know, all this stuff, you know, like like it most likely will. It's going to die down. You know, the world is not going to completely implode overnight kind of a thing. Like I've just been suggesting. Obviously, I get a little doomsday sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it's good to think about, right? But let's take the more probable scenario that nothing actually happens and you never have a doomsday scenario hit, at least in our generation. Yes, the idea that you could produce food without suffering is a good idea at a base level. It's just incredibly naive and can create a naivete that you can't delete from people if it goes on generationally. You know, if we start to produce our own food like this, let's say, let's say the next 50 years, we transfer all of our food into, you know, manufactured or produced in imitation meats or vegetables. You start to see how like being disconnected from the source of your food, the more complicated you make the supply chain for food itself, the easier it is to break down when things start to go crazy. So let's say you want to make, you want to, you want to, you want to get everybody in the United States. Like Andrew Yang was talking about, he wants to get everybody in the United States off of meat before he dropped out of the election. Want to transfer everybody into a sustainable vegetarian or, or imitation meat based diet. 
Well, that requires a lot of agriculture. It requires a lot of manufacturing, industry, right, itself, infrastructure itself to produce, to manufacture, in jobs, period, people. Let's say COVID-19 hits in the middle of that and all those manufacturing jobs go away. Let's say we've done that for 50 years. That's all we've had was manufacturing food. That's all we've done is print beef, fake beef, and vegetarian, we've grown lettuce, you know, all that kind of stuff. Let's say, let's say this hits and you can't staff the factories anymore. Food production falls away. You don't want to make yourself that far away from the source of your food. You don't want to ostracize yourself from the source of your food because when the supply chains break down, then you don't have any means of getting to it, right? It, it literally goes away like that overnight. Your food source goes away, period, and then people starve, you know? It's, it's like we need, we, we need to be sustainable. And in order to be sustainable, we need to have not only you know, the vegetables and, and all of these things that, that are, have been a part of our diet for all of humans in existence, but also the meat and heavy protein that has come from hunting and killing things that has sustained us for most of our existence as well. Also enabled the growth of that frontal cortex I've, ta I've talked about that allows us to escape the animal kingdom itself. That has, been, that has been almost directly correlated to the introduction of cooked meat into the diet. When you cook your meat, your body can more readily digest the protein. It means that your body can, can retain the protein used to build a bigger brain, bigger muscles, bigger body, all that kind of stuff, right? What's the difference between predators and uh, uh, prey in the animal kingdom? Their intelligence. What's also another dif difference? Whether they eat meat or vegetables. I'm not saying that because you eat vegetables, you're stupid, you're dumber. I'm saying it's a less calorically dense source of food, right? So in the And you can witness in this, this in the animal kingdom. So if you're a vegetarian or herbivore in the animal kingdom, you have to spend up to 99% of your day eating because there's, it's a less calorically dense food. Predators have to eat maybe once every week at the most or at the, at the least, Right? because it's a more calorically dense food, which means they can support a more calorically demanding infrastructure in terms of the body. A brain that demands more caloric intake, more complex brain. Look at the brain of a deer or an antelope. Look at the brain of a lion. Also look at the structures of those societies. You know, the antelope has a society as well. They run in herds, but look at the, look at the society, the social structure of the, of the lion. It's much more intricate, much more human-like. <laughs> it's, it's more social. There's roles, hierarchy built into it. These are products of the things that we've eaten. And I guess I didn't mean to take this off on... <laughs> again, we always end up somewhere than where we started, right? But I didn't mean to go off on like a veganism kind of rant. You know, I don't mean to offend anybody out there. But I, 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 I do think that it's ridiculous, the conversation that's been going on for at least the last couple of years and this push to kind of convert everybody over to veganism and vegetarianism. Uh, if, you, if you thought that was going to happen, I hope this opened your eyes to the fact that it's absolutely ridiculous and kind of a pipe dream. And... Honestly, unsustainable, I think. So, anyway, but we started with freedom, liberty. We ended with vegetarianism and veganism and our food sources. I think it kind of, 
is a good is emblematic of the chaos uh, in the world right now. Right? The chaos within this episode, right? But nevertheless, I think the point is right. Like I said, this is such a good time to do some soul searching and testing things on yourself. You know what I mean? Like I said. You know, it's kind of, it's not fun, right? I don't mean to make it like into a play thing, but it is kind of a good thing to do to kind of play with those ideas. Okay, what if the store, the supermarkets were closed right now and no food was there? What would I do? You know, if you are, if you are vegan or vegetarian, ask yourself that question. If the stores go away, what would you do? Are you going to allow yourself to die in protest? Because the only way you're going to be able to survive after that is to kill something. That's when that's that's when your 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 principles will really come under fire. Well, you'll know how deeply you hold those, whether you really believed what you were talking about. I'm not questioning that. I can never tell you what you believe or what you talk about, or what you believe in. I just know that there's certain truths that I don't think are deniable. One being death and suffering. Trying to eliminate those two things produces more of it. So, figure out who you would be in a doomsday scenario while we're on the precipice of one. You know, play with those feelings and those ideas. And also watch how you react. You know, imagine like a bad person, a bad actor actually trying to implement something like this, you know, not for the coronavirus. Let's say somebody's trying to control, excuse me, control you or scare you into into locking down into your homes. Like, what do you do? How do you react? Because at the end of the day, it is kind of about control. And I think I'm going to leave it where I have it because I'm, I'm kind of running out of juice here and I don't I don't want to start just ramble but um, I hope you enjoyed this episode I hope it wasn't <laughs> all for naught and I hope it wasn't too all over the place because I did do a lot of rambling but usually when I listen back to it I end up finding some kind of kernel of wisdom uh, in the talk itself so I hope that happens this time and uh, it's snowing like a mother out here um, in Colorado like we are getting dumped on right now I hope it's warm and cozy wherever you're at I do some spring cleaning maybe that'd be good I think it's a good time to clean up reorganize things you know what else are you gonna do right <laughs> watch too much Netflix you're probably already bored of Netflix as I am right I've already watched way too many movies so I, I think I'm gonna start to try to be a little creative and reorganize things hopefully do the same uh, during this coronavirus coronavirus chaos. But thank you for joining me during it and stay safe out there. Okay. I will talk to you soon. Bye.